Welcome to Where There Is Hope. Here we offer inspiration and encouragement from the Bible. With Travis Renfro, I'm John Lindsay. We're glad you're here. So the other day, we were driving um, back to our house, and it was late at night, and um, we can't. We were going by the college campus here in town, and there's a crosswalk that has a button that, um, when whenever you want to walk, you just hit the button and it starts flashing a light. And we were driving on that area, and someone hit the button, and this was late later at night. It was dark. Um, and this girl hits the button, pulls out her phone, and walks across the street. And we end up having to stop just to let her pass. And then um, she goes on. And whenever she did this, uh, it sounds like a strange story. Um, whenever she did this, I thought about this book that I read a year or two ago that talks about, and it's the same book that I referenced in the FOMO episode, uh, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Ranke. But he talks about how sometimes we use our phones to shield us from confrontation. Um, you know, typically when I walk across the street like that in front of somebody, I'll wave at them and say thank you or stuff like that. But um, this this girl, and it's not a criticism of her, it's just the way that we are in society sometimes, is that she thought that her phone could shield her from that confrontation. And it was so humorous to me because it's like, um, your phone's not going to stop you from me hitting you with my car. <laughs> you know, that little piece of um, metal and plastic in your hand is not going to stop anything. Um, but sometimes we do that. We we get so, uh, we think, okay, well, if I don't look at them, then the problem will go away. And really what it made me think about is that we use things like this sometimes in our lives to shield ourselves. And when you think about a shield, um, what what was a, we don't really have shields today per se. I mean, we kind of do, we have, I guess, a riot shield, but what is a shield for? Well, it's for protection. And, you know, the riot shield you mentioned may be the most, uh, the example that we're probably most familiar with. We've had, riots in, in our country and you've seen it in other countries where uh, the police or the military are just are sent out to try to disperse the crowd and the the front of of that group of of law enforcement always has the shields you know they they sort of advance with that protection in front of them um, and obviously it, it's to to keep them safe um and to repel danger. Yeah, they're typically seen as a defensive tool, um, blocking you from attacks and things such as that. So what I'd like to do with this episode is look at what the Bible says about shields. Um, And for me, I have noticed that in my life, I do have a tendency to fear something or someone sometimes, and uh, I'll begin to think of how I can eradicate that fear using material possessions and building up a shield against that fear for myself. So um, sometimes I think that enough money may make the problem go away, that if I have enough distractions, they'll, it'll keep it out of my mind, whatever that fear might be. We get so concerned about these things sometimes, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we certainly do. In 
you know, I was thinking about that. It's, you know, we, we think about we, we can acquire material possessions or spend money uh, as a shield. And sometimes a lack of money is the problem. And so the shield may be like you refer to, maybe it's just a distraction that we find. Mm-hmm. Some way to sort of, as we, in our minds at least, keep that danger at bay. Yeah, and I and I don't think that. Don't take me wrong before I start listing things. That I don't think these things are necessarily wrong, but I think if you've put all your hope in these things, and then you have a misplaced mis uh, misplaced understanding. Um, so like financial distress, you just talked about. If you don't have enough money, maybe you find a distraction. But let's say that you're you're worried about big expenses, so you build up a huge savings fund. So that if anything ever happens, you've got a big lump sum of cash sitting by. Um, in that case, you're putting your 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 savings account as your shield. Um, any kind of physical distress or danger that you might face, uh, we put in security systems in our homes, and we stockpile weapons um, at fear of invaders, and those things kind of protect us from from danger. Um, Illnesses, viruses, germs. We we wear face masks now. That's something that we do now. Uh, we practice good hygiene. Um, nothing wrong with these things, but they don't truly act as shields against the dangers that we are concerned of as Christians. So, you know, thinking about these things, is there a situation in each of these? where maybe you have a financial burden that is three times larger than your savings account, or maybe someone infiltrates uh, some security system and is able to bypass every means you have, or maybe there's some virus that surpasses every countermeasure you've put in place. Do these things truly serve as shields against these dangers? We have very real-world examples for some of these. And, you know, as we're recording this, um, Russia has invaded Ukraine. Uh, many of the Ukrainians have been armed with, with really great weapons, you know, really high-end weapons. But it has not protected them necessarily. Now, they, they've they fought very bravely, and there's, there's a lot to be said about that. But it is not eliminating the danger of the advancing Russian army. Um, with the illnesses and the viruses, you know, we, we've taken a lot of steps that are very prudent into mitigating the risk and mitigating danger, but we found that we're not able to eliminate it. Um, you know, we have vaccines, and vaccines do some things, but they don't eliminate the risk completely, uh, and face masks, et cetera. And so I think what, what I think of when I look at your examples here, and these are all really good examples, and again, like you say, these are really prudent things to do, um, you know, some of these things are really great things to do, but we cannot assume that they eliminate risk. Uh, what they can mitigate, they can act as a buffer, they can um, give you a level of protection, but they do not eliminate the risk completely. And so, you know, if we're comparing these to God as the shield then they're going to come up woefully short. I hope I haven't stolen your thunder no, by saying no, that. No, that's, that's exactly my point, is that these are, if I can say, the imperfect shields, 
that we might see. You know, and part of what made me think about this is if you see like logos for security companies, what is the logo? Usually, what is the shape of the logo? Oh, it's always in the shape of a shield yeah, or, yeah. or a stop sign. Some kind sign. of shield, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some form of, it's tried, they try to convey protection and nothing wrong with these things. But like I said, it's just, it's an imperfect shield. There's always some situation where something could get around it. And they can't really protect us from the true trials that we face in this world. So as... Satan throws his darts at us each day. How do we respond? And what I would like us to do now is to take a look at what Scripture says. There's all kinds of Scriptures talking about shields. Um, There's some that are talking about physical shields, which we won't talk about. Um, And there's some that are talking about the Lord is our shield. Before we move on, I thought of a really great example Goliath, in, in the story of David and Goliath, he comes down to battle, you know, the young boy David. And Goliath has a shield bearer in front of him. He doesn't come by himself. Not only is he covered with all of this immense armor, but he has a shield bearer. He did not eliminate the risk. Spoiler alert, he did not eliminate the risk. That's a great example. So first place we're going to look is Psalm chapter 3, or Psalm 3. Psalm 3, this is when David is fleeing from his son Absalom. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried about to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. So here, uh, David's running from Absalom, and you can see that he he says all these different things, but one of the things that just really sticks out to me is verse 3, where he says, You are a shield about me. Um, Even in times of trial here where he's running from his deranged son, who's trying to kill him, um, he's still seeing refuge in the Lord. And I don't know if we're, if we're reading too much into it, but in, when it says there in verse 3 that you are a shield about me, it, it doesn't say you were a shield in front of me or a shield to my side. You know, it's All it's around me. All yeah. around me. It's yeah. a, that's a really incredible image. Great thought. So the next one I have is Psalm 18. And we're not going to read all of Psalm 18 because it is a little bit longer, but I do want to read a couple excerpts from it. So in verses 1 through 5, uh, Psalm 18, starting in verse 1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. So here he paints this picture of being surrounded by evil, and he has 
taken refuge in the Lord. He, he says a lot of different things of what the Lord is here. He says he is his strength, his rock, his fortress, his deliverer, his shield, the horn of salvation, and a stronghold. So some ones um, that really stick out to me are fortress and stronghold and rock. Fortresses and strongholds are known as being impenetrable buildings that have excessive amounts of security, right? I mean, we think of, in modern-day terms, Fort Knox is a fortress that is uh, designed to house different things. But um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on the Lord being displayed this way? But what I what I really appreciate about when the Lord is described this way is viewing that in comparison to well, I mean, you you referred to Fort Knox. Is Fort Knox impenetrable? Yeah, I mean for most people, sure. Um, was is there a level of effort that would that would overcome Fort Knox? There is. But when the when the Lord is displayed this way, it is it is He is in contrast to us. He is. He is impenetrable. He is that rock. He is um, that shield, that that thing that cannot be moved, that cannot be shaken. And one of the more encouraging thoughts that I have about God is just knowing that he is unchanging and, and immovable. Because in life, my experience is the opposite, that everything is changeable. Nothing is, nothing is certain. Um, and when I'm looking for... First of all, when I'm looking for a standard, it's good to know that a standard never changes. Uh, but in this particular conversation, it's knowing that it's not just a level of protection, it is perfected protection. That was excellently put. Perfected protection, I like that. Thank you for sharing that. Verse 15 of Psalm 18 says, Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from on high, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. I mentioned these verses because I like that it it says here in verse 18, the Lord was my support, because I think that's the other aspect that we sometimes don't think about here, is that it's not just that he's protecting us, but he, through that protection, is, is displaying support. Um, and and you, you just put it so perfectly. It's, it's an infallible support. It's someone who will never, ever back down on you, never will not be there for you. Um, he's the perfected support. And what I love, John, is that as the psalmist writes this, he doesn't belittle our dangers. Like The dangers are real. He, he's stuck in the waters. He has a strong enemy who hated him. They were too mighty for me. Uh, too many times, I think, when people are encountered with, with problems or dangers or temptations or whatever it may be, we have a tendency to try to, I guess, uh, say that it's less than it is. 
like, oh, you're making too big a thing out of this. You're making a mountain out of a molehill when really it's not that big. Um, and David doesn't do this with this psalm. He says, my threats are real. These, these are really powerful men who are stronger than me. They're going to overtake me, but the Lord delivers me. Um, that's, that's a wonderful encouragement in, in reading that the Lord is to support and brings them out of these very real dangers. That's, that's an encouragement to me. Yeah, and uh, wrapping up this psalm, and this is kind of some of the things we've already said, but in verse 30, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. Amen. Such excellent thoughts. Okay, so turn to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. So when we talk about God being perfect, uh, this, this verse says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Some of the same language, but I like that it adds every word of God proves true. This is something that is inescapable. He is the perfect shield without cracks, without holes, the one that can't be busted. The perfect shield. Yeah, he is, he's reliable. Uh, and I guess what I was trying to convey earlier is that idea that there's so much in this world that's not reliable. And it's not because it doesn't have good intentions or, or you know, if you're looking at friends and loved ones, they're going to let you down. And it's not because they're, they, don't, they don't love you or they don't care enough. It's just they're imperfect. And so the difference is that God is perfect and he is completely reliable. And every word of his proves true. And so there is this, this constance in God that the world and, and the people in the world are simply incapable of. And when we're looking for things that would, that would give us hope or would, would help us in, in times of difficulty, God never changes. And so it's, he's always there. And he's always reliable. He's, he never lets you down. Uh, and again, that's just in stark contrast to what people are able to do. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, baffling when you consider uh, when you compare God with people here, as you know, people aren't able to to hold to God. So, when we look at all these passages, how much comfort do these passages bring you um, to think that God is watching over you and protecting you? That He. He is your shield. He's encircled you. He's impenetrable. And I've, been, I've been thinking about that question, and, and I think I wanted to say that he gives me a, a perfect level of comfort, but he doesn't, and it's not because of him. He gives me as much comfort as my faith can muster. You know, if, if my belief and my faith is strong, then my comfort uh, in, in God being my shield is strong. But if I allow my faith and, and my belief to, to be weak for whatever reason, then I don't, I don't get as much comfort. And I think that, and the reason I guess I say that is sometimes people want to, to say, well, I'm a believer or I'm religious, but, you know, but I don't pray, I don't really study, I don't go to a church, etc., I don't know how you can be so far from God 
and feel the level of comfort that God intends for you to feel. If I work and do the things that I ought, then I think that that level of comfort grows proportionally with the effort that I put into it. Yeah, great thoughts. Um, so when we, when we look at the Lord being our shield, what, what can we do to grow in our confidence? Like you just said, um, how, you know, it, it all comes down to you. How confident are you in your standing, if I can say that, uh, with God? And I don't think you need to be like, you, you need to understand that God is merciful, but you also can't be intentionally sinning, as we see pointed out by Paul several times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can take a lot of comfort because this is something that Christ points out that cannot be taken away from us by anyone except uh, Satan, us allowing Satan into our hearts. Um, because no one can force you to think something that you don't want to think or to, you know, they can, they can force your body to go and do certain things or, you know, they can kill you. But even if they kill you, they can't take heaven away from you. They can't take salvation away from you. And um, that, I think we can take comfort in that, that that's our shield right there, that ability to preserve that is our shield. Um, and so, and the last thing I want to look at is Ephesians six sixteen because we talk about our confidence in this and how we apply it. And um, in Ephesians 6, Paul writes to the Ephesians in, in verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So, he calls it the shield of faith. I think this just comes down to, do you trust that God will take care of you and that he will keep his promises? And I hope that after we've studied this, these things during this podcast that you can see that God can be trusted, he is perfect, that he can be your shield, and you can display that with your faith in your life and show others through that, um, through that faith. So thank you. Uh, I hope that you'll do your best to trust in him this week. And Travis, any closing thoughts? Uh, just one thing on verse 16. It's in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And it just echoes the the completeness of God's protection. Amen. And that's a great comfort. Amen. All right, well, have a good week and uh, keep your shields up. Thank you for joining us where there is hope. It is our goal to share the hope and joy that we find in scriptures with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us at wtihope at gmail.com. Lamentations 3.24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him.